Good evening, dummies. Episode 194, Friday, July 23rd, 6.30 p.m. Fantastic to be a part of your evening plans on Friday. Sorry I'm not going live tonight. I am in Facebook jail. For the first time, I got nailed for harassment because this guy came on and just wanted to argue about the meme that I had that said essentially that the First Amendment and Second Amendment were obviously important, but the Second Amendment... Without that, you couldn't have the other nine. I wasn't saying you couldn't have the other 27 amendments because there are 27. Some of them, yes, they matter, but they're not individual rights like the Bill of Rights. The first 10 are predominantly individual rights. And then after that, you have collective rights. Like abolition of slavery isn't for one, it's for all. The repealing of prohibition isn't for one person, it's for all. But freedom of speech and right to bear arms are individual rights. And yes, the collective, but... Those rights can be taken away in a certain time, place, and situation, like a felony, or if you're in prison, or you're not an American citizen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the point is, is that he just wanted to argue. And I said on there, well, he's like, well, you didn't include the other 20-some-odd amendments, excuse me, 18, 19, 17, whatever amendments left. And I said, well, that's interesting. I also didn't include the Articles of Confederation. Uh, I didn't go ahead and include the preambles, the Declaration of Independence, or any of the constitutional documents. So, And I didn't go ahead and say that lap poodles are an amazing dog breed, and I didn't say that swamp gas off Venus might go ahead and create higher solar winds. There's a lot of things I didn't say. It doesn't mean that I don't understand what the other amendments are, that I don't believe in them. So I explained this. It wasn't being sarcastic. And in the end, I said, don't be so bitchy. I got, I got a ban for that for harassment. So... Needless to say, I, I could go live under another account, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take a break from live tonight. I'll see you next week, but I've got a good show for you nonetheless. We're going to have some fun tonight. We're going to talk about uh, a person who I actually, I don't know about admire, but somebody who I respect, and I think more importantly, someone in the community who I've had a chance to meet uh, is running for Arizona Senate, and I used to live in Arizona. Now, I certainly, my endorsement won't mean anything to this gentleman, but um, I've had a chance to run into him twice, and I think he's a pretty upstanding human being. I think he's got some great ideas. I think he uh, has worn the, the, the uniform and done it honor and respect, being a SEAL. Uh, also probably wore the uniform a little bit when it came to coming home and running his own company and putting on the tie and the the shirt when necessary and now prefers that t-shirt and hat and wants to run for office and i think it's exactly what we need a breath of fresh air dan crenshaw is a fantastic representative um, although can dress the dress and walk the walk and i think uh, this gentleman can too so i'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about him tell you what i know what i don't know and had to go and learn and also my thoughts on his politics and if he's a strong representative or senator candidate senatorial candidate for arizona i'll let you know what i think so we're going to do that tonight title of that show is seals sea air land and washington also the next topic is the boy who cried potato joe biden has been getting fact check a lot now i'm not a big fact checking fan it's amazing like i said on the meme that i put up the other night is that we can go ahead and fact check every single thing said on twitter and facebook but we can't fact check an election but the media is actually doing a fairly decent job on Joe because, honestly, they're sick of him. I think they're really pissed at him. First of all, what has he done? 
In the first six months, Donald Trump passed, struck down how many pieces of legislation? Over 86 pieces of legislation that were throttling business. By the time he got to his first year, he had over 800 pieces of regulation slashed. And he made great advancements in our economy almost right off by doing that, helping small businesses. This isn't also what he did with NAFTA, what he did with the wall, what he did for foreign relations, etc. for the minority community. But he had a hell of a lot more impact in his first year than Joe Biden has. Now, I understand Joe Biden's been, you know, distracted by shiny objects and squirrels. But really, the only thing he's focused on is an infrastructure bill, which has no chance of passing it, and also covid And both aren't doing a bang-up job, including the border. So I guess that's more Kamala, but he did put her in charge. So we're going to talk about this tonight. Some some fact-check news on his his boy who cried wolf. And lastly, will the real Slim Shady please melt down? I'm hearing so much about global warming. I'm not a scientist. I did sleep at a Holiday Inn Express. But I do want to talk about this misnomer that the United States somehow, its carbon footprint is responsible for the meltdown that's occurring supposedly with global warming. Now, we all know global warming is real. Anyone who denies that just really is not working with a full deck. But is it man-made global warming? Are we impacting it at a rapid scale? Well, some researchers say yes. Some scientists say no. And we're going to talk about what is the footprint that the United States actually contributes to this phenomenon known as global warming. I'm sure Greta Thunberg or Thromberg or Stromberg or whatever the hell her name is would say that we're doing too much to kill everybody. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should kill yourself. You should jump off of a cliff and commit Harry Carey and disembowel yourself. She's a little evil looking, right? She kind of looks like those kids from Polar Express. Dead black eyes. Weird. Anyway, that's what we're talking about tonight. We uh, haven't found a solution for climate change yet, folks. And the reason why is, well, that's really not the way the joke goes. I can't believe I mucked it up. How do I stop this with that amazing Greta Stromberg, Thunberg, Thrunberg impersonation? You should be ashamed of yourself. My parents told me to hate everybody who doesn't agree with me. All right, let's try to do it again. Ready? We haven't found a solution for climate change yet, but we're definitely getting warmer. Oh, nailed it. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't unfriend me starts. Right now. Good evening, dummies. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What is a dummy? Well, first, my name is Matt Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. I am a Republican. I have some pretty strong conservative values, but I also have some moderate values when it comes to social I don't know beliefs nowadays the the more of what are you doing inside your home and inside your bedroom it's up to you i really don't care i don't want to know about it don't flaunt it and honestly when it comes to being a constitutionalist following the constitution and believing that this document is still pertinent today and is relevant more than ever to the way our society will need to be to be a true republic not necessarily democracy that we're seeing now not a big fan of political parties. I, I am a registered Republican. Like I said, I have voted for Democrats in the past, and I have not had the urge to do that at all lately. 
What do we do here? Well, don't unfriend me is pretty simple. It's not don't ban me from Facebook because really that's just the digital landscapes and ones and zeros. It truly doesn't matter. Really, nobody has true friends on Facebook. Friends see each other in person, talk on the phone, write each other cards, go and visit each other. That's what I'm talking about. It's when we let go of a family member or a friend and say, well, you voted for Trump, you voted for Biden. I no longer want to talk to you because I disagree with your politics, which is an oxymoron to say the least. I mean, we are a a republic and we are also a representative democracy. And if we are a representative democracy, that means that all views need to be represented, no matter how popular or unpopular. And thank God for the freedom of speech. But that's a whole nother conversation. You can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere else. You can follow me, like, share, and subscribe. Do that right down here on YouTube. You see a little red envelope. Click that, hit subscribe. And go on over to Facebook since they've banned me and give me a pity like and a follow. I would appreciate it. If you have any comments, you want to ask a question, you want to tell me that I'm crazy, go ahead and do that. Try to be respectful. We don't try to ban people here. And the reason why we don't do that is because we want open dialogue. But there are two different types of listeners. There are the dummies, the don't unfriend me. It's an acronym. Barstool Sports has their stoolies. We have dummies fantastic but we also have the dum-dums a special kind of sucker the dum-dums led by dusty dinkelman the original dum-dum are people who just want to come in and say whatever they want and just score cool points troll your page to get you to say something that you don't want to or get angry and then you get blocked on your account for a few days i have to admit i got trolled and i allowed myself to get sucked in i will be a dum-dum temporarily for the next 72 hours folks let's get to it let's get to the show and thank you. Oh, first, we're going to do one more thing. Website, don'tunfriendme.com. You can head on over there, see my videos, see the podcast, see everything else. Stop by the blog, say hello over there as well. Let's get into it. I am excited to do it. I think uh, this video says a lot. This is Eli Crane. Eli Crane is the CEO of Bottle Breacher. He's also United States Navy SEAL. I had a chance to meet him at SHOT Show, also at Burbiz. And we have some mutual friends who uh, hosts that event and had a pleasant conversation with him. He's a nice enough guy. And there's a little bit that I learned about him that I will convey to you. But first, I want to show you his his video announcing his senatorial race. And I think it's fantastic. It's down to earth and something that I kind of take pride in my tattoos. And uh, he does too, obviously. Here you go. The problem with Washington politicians is they have no skin in the game. It's all about them and almost never about us. Well, I'm not a self-serving politician. My whole life has been about service, family, and community. After 9-11, I served as a Navy SEAL in the Middle East. Then I built a thriving business that makes badass bottle openers and employs Arizona veterans. But the most important mission of my life has been raising my two daughters with my wife, Jen. I'm so sick of phony politicians and their lame excuses, and that's why I'm running for Congress. Now more than ever, America needs leaders with guts and integrity to solve problems. Securing our border, standing up for law enforcement and our military, strengthening small businesses, cutting middle class taxes, and protecting the integrity of our elections. It's time for we the people to take our country back. I'm Eli Crane. And I'm ready to fight for us. Yeah. You want to know how he's a seal? You know that he doesn't bleed when he gets a tattoo. I bled like a stuck pig. They said not to drink before, but I didn't listen. 
Listen, there's some cool things uh, about this. One is that everyone knows, most people know this, that I spent a lot of time in Arizona. I have a lot of listeners in Arizona. I spent a lot of time in the community, and I am a big fan of the state and the freedom. But I don't like the way it's been going recently, and I think Eli is on the same page. If you want to stop by Eli's uh, URL, it's bottlebreacher.com, and you can find some amazing things. Uh, he's got hand grenades over there that actually can open up you know, beer bottles. He's got the 50 cal bottle opener, cool keychain, stuff like that. I love his stuff. And as the president of Bottle Breacher, Eli has grown Bottle Breacher's annual revenue to over $5 million in 2015. He applied for and received seven patents and negotiated a partnership with Mark Cuban and Kevin O'Leary on ABC's hit show Shark Tank. And that's where people are like, oh my gosh, now I know where I know him from. He's really a faith-orientated man. He's a family man. He's pro-life and pro-Second Amendment. He says he is unafraid to take a stand against cancel culture on the radical left, which is why he understands what it means to live life as an example to others. He's also one hell of a shot. If you follow his page, you'll see he is actually a marksman for Sig Sauer, and he represents the company. Uh, pretty cool job. And he gets to fire some great toys. Absolutely. Crane says he is the only candidate well-positioned to defeat O'Hallorhan, which is a vulnerable seat in Arizona and one that I think Eli can take. I'm going to quote some things off of his page. He says, as a Navy SEAL, small business owner, and everyday Arizonan, now is the time to step forward, step up, and serve my country as Arizona's congressman, Crane explained. My whole life has been about service, family, and community, and that's why I want to represent Arizona's first congressional district. He goes on, continues, as a veteran, I've put my life on the line to protect and defend this country and our constitution from foreign and domestic threats. The greatest threat to our freedoms and way of life isn't external. It's right here at home. The Republican continued, we've allowed dangerous ideologies like open borders to destroy our founding institutions and values. Eli is a faith-oriented family man, and like I said, he is pro-life and Second Amendment. He's active in Arizona. You see his blog posts all the time, and he had a lot of opinions about Donald Trump. He is a brand ambassador for Sig Sauer Firearms, like I said, and he also is a former member of the National Advisor Committee on Veteran Business Affairs. Eli believes in giving back to local communities and helps support numerous vet organizations every year. But here's the thing. The last thing we want is a rhino. Is Eli a rhino? Is he just going ahead and pulling on the coattails of the Republican Party? I don't believe Dan Crenshaw did that. I believe a lot of the team guys who have ran for office and will be running for office are true Republicans. And in this case, I believe he passes the sniff test. Defending our values. I put my life on the line to protect and defend this country and our constitution from foreign and domestic threats. He talks about that greatest threat again here in one of his platforms. He says one of the biggest challenges is big tech to censor free speech, something I absolutely agree with. And it's allowed our children to be taught that they are not equal to their peers. This is not the time for hesitancy or political correctness. We must fight back against big tech, the media, and the Democrats before we lose our country. We happen to agree on defending our values. Next is border security. He says, when I was a Navy SEAL, I stopped terrorists from wreaking havoc on our shores. As your congressman, I will work tirelessly to stop them from entering our southern border. Arizonans deserve leaders that will put their safety and security first and understand that border security is national security. Every American deserves protection from the human traffickers, drug dealers, and terrorists who enter our country illegally. It's time we gained operational control of our borders by empowering frontline agents and officers to enforce the laws Congress passed and apprehend and return illegal border crossers. It's a big check mark. Absolutely. If you can't have a border, you don't have a country. There are so many things that come over there, whether it's the increase in fentanyl that's going over the border, the increase in smuggling of drugs in, the coyotes coming over, children being brought over as stage mules for 
other people to get in. There's so much crime coming over there. And then also we have the constant threat of terrorism. And that's probably the big one that he is focused on and something he would know a little bit about. OPSEC is actually the one thing that he can bring to the table that most politicians can't. As far as national security, he says, as a Navy SEAL, I fought terrorists on foreign shores who wanted to destroy America and our freedoms. Our values make America the best nation in the world. They must be protected at all costs. I know far too well the importance of strong national security. I will fight in Washington to support and fund our active military families and veterans and work to strengthen our military and counterintelligence to protect from terrorists both home and abroad. It's a man after my own heart. We talk all the time about intelligence, but counterintelligence is the key. Assets on the ground, ELINT, these are the type of things we need to ensure that we are not necessarily being reactive, but proactive with our intelligence apparatus. Love it. Election integrity. This should be interesting coming from Arizona. Quote, as someone who went to war for our country, I love how he starts that out each time. There is nothing more democratic and patriotic than promoting transparent elections. But in 2020, Democrats across the country sought consequential election changes that led to confusion, chaos, and distrust in our democracy. A fucking men. In order to restore confidence in our electoral system, we need to reinstate election day voting, bolster polling sites, end unrestricted mail-out balloting, and enact voter strong voter ID and stiffer penalties for anyone caught harvesting ballots or found guilty of voter fraud. He's doing pretty good so far. What do you guys think? Economy. Arizona's economy is strong because of conservative policies, and this remains true. Remember, it was one of the fastest-growing states 10 years ago. Now... We can let Washington politicians and Democrats weaken our state with bad policies like trillions of dollars in handouts and higher taxes. We've seen what their policies have done to California, and we can't afford that happening to Arizona. As a small business owner, he knows firsthand the struggles that workers and their families and small business owners face. That's why he'll fight for lower taxes, less regulation, pro-growth policies. The more money that Arizonans get to keep in their pockets and the least government involvement, the better. Sounds like a true Republican. I'm stoked for Eli, man. I like the dude. He's a good guy. Like I said, we just had a few pops and had a very casual conversation. I've reached out to him a couple times, and I'm sure he doesn't have time for someone like me. But I'm going to do whatever I can to get people to vote for him in Arizona because I think it's what's needed. The days of sending farmers just to have a simple conversation in one session and represent the town to represent the municipality, and then come home is what we need. I can tell you one thing about Eli. I don't see him going there for a career or a life as a politician. He won't be there 40 years from now. The man will go in, make the impact. He will be a hard charger. He will strike what needs to be struck, and then he will pull out. That is what I foresee him doing. And really, honestly, more team guys need to join this fight to save America. Special operations is a very important aspect of the military, and they understand and they do not like to fail. They don't know how to fail. And this is something that he can bring, a testament to what he could bring to the Senate. He understands how to fight. We know this. You can bet Eli will only stick, not only stick to the values he upholds, but his word will be his bond. It can take us back to a time where words were not the most important part of a man. How much money they had or what car they drove or even how popular they were with the masses. A time far ago when a man shook hands and that action created an oath to fulfill what was sworn upon. Eli embodies those times. In the circle in which we both have crossed paths, I can say that he is held to the highest standard amongst peers. If that was not enough, you only need a minute speaking to him to understand that he is sharper, more aware 
and an avid observer of people around him. We need character in Washington, and that is something very different than being a character. In the immortal words of Nathan Hale, I regret I have only one life to give my country. I regret that I no longer live in Arizona to cast that one vote for Eli. But I'm sure that won't stop other people from voting twice anyway. Right, Democrats? Eli, I hope you had a chance to watch this. Let me know what you think, man. Appreciate you. Good luck. I hope you win it. The boy who cried potato. I love that line. There's a claim that the Supreme Court, among other courts, heard the challenges to the 2020 presidential election results twice. This is what Joe Biden said. The verdict is this is unequivocally false. The Supreme Court declined to hear the election challenges and never considered the evidence. President Joe Biden gave a speech Tuesday in support of Democrats' controversial vote reform bill, H.R. 1. Took him a little while to do that. The For the People Act, as Breitbart News has previously explained, the legislation would radically change American democracy, nationalizing elections and making permanent changes to voting rules that would virtually ensure Democrats never lose another election. In the course of his speech, Biden made several alarming claims, referring to voting reforms passed in Georgia as a vicious anti-voting law, though it is more liberal than the rules in Biden's own state of Delaware and adding, including Colorado and several other states. But adding the 21st century Jim Crow assault is real. It's unrelenting. And we're going to challenge it vigorously. And this just shows you that the Democratic Party is on the wrong side of history. They throw around racism, Jim Crow laws, abolitionist slaveries, critical race theory, white privilege, like it just has no consequences to say those things to people. The 21st century Jim Crow assault is real? No, it's not. It's a figment. It's a fallacy. It's a farce. He claimed that Republicans were targeting people of color, though voters of every race favor voter ID and other Republican voter integrity policies, not to mention that more minorities voted across all boundaries, leaps and bounds than ever before in 2020. Biden also attacked what he called the big lie so that the election was stolen. To do so, he claimed that the Supreme Court, among other courts and legislatures, had heard the merits of the challenges to the 2020 election result. And this is not true and something that I said all along. If you remember, I asked Donald Trump, even though he doesn't have to listen to me, to challenge the constitutionality of sending out mass ballots, which was ballots, which was actually approved by judges. Well, that's not their job. It's actually they interpret the law. The legislatures create the law and they did not vote on this. And the representative of the state did not vote on this, which makes the choice to send these out unconstitutional, even though the 10th Amendment gives them that power. They still can't do things wantingly without a vote. The problem with this is by the time that Donald Trump got around to doing that, there was so much fake news and QAnon and conspiracy theories and cases that had been thrown out by Donald Trump that his entire legal team bailed on him and ultimately considered his efforts to not necessarily be fake, but a waste of time. Biden said the 2020 election was the most scrutinized election ever in American history. Bullshit. Challenge after challenge brought to local state election officials, state legislatures, state and federal courts, even to the United States Supreme Court. Not once, but twice, he said. More than 80 judges, including those appointed by, prede appointed by my predecessor, heard the arguments. Every case, neither cause nor evidence was found. Biden's statement is false as regards to the Supreme Court, which never heard about any cause or evidence, but simply declined to hear the challenges brought by Republicans, even though it was about the constitutionality. By that time, all of the states and locals had turned him down. 
It declined, for instance, to hear an appeal from a Pennsylvania Supreme Court case that rejected a challenge to the state's vote by mail law. And it also declined to hear a challenge that Texas filed against election law changes in Pennsylvania and three other states saying that Texas lacked standing to sue. Rightly or wrongly, the Supreme Court stayed out of the 2020 election completely, perhaps fearing the political fallout were it to intervene as it did in Bush versus Gore in 2000 with Florida. A case that caused Democrats to accelerate their attacks on the judiciary. Biden's claim that the election was the most scrutinized election ever in American history also misses the point completely. The election laws were changed in the middle of the campaign to allow mass vote by mail, as I said earlier, at the behest of Democrats and over the objections of Republicans. The rate of rejection of absentee ballots dropped dramatically from the primary to the general election, despite million more ballots being delivered by mail. And private money from left-wing billionaires such as Mark Mark Nazi Zuck Zuck Zuckerberg was used to fund local don't suspend me anymore. I've learned my lesson. I'm sorry. Was used to fund local vote by mail efforts in Democratic counties and key battleground states. Republican challenges were not only uh, about claims of election fraud, but about the legitimacy and constitutionality of changes that legalize voting practices that until recently were considered vulnerable to fraud and partisan manipulation. Biden also said, in America, if you lose, you accept the results. He and his party spent years hyping false claims that Russian collusion was responsible for the 2016 election result. They have neither recanted nor apologized. The nearly two-year special counsel investigation of Russian election interference led by Robert Mueller cost nearly $32 million in total. The majority of Mueller's overall cost of $2.45 million came from paying his staff. Mueller's team included 19 lawyers supported by 40 FBI agents, 800 search warrants, along with intelligence analysts, forensic accountants, and other staff. The probe, which lasted from May 17 to March 2019, led to more than 100 criminal charges being filed against three Russian companies and 34 individuals, including half a dozen former Trump advisors that had nothing to do with the election and just business practices decades before. I'm not saying that the 2020 election was fraud. I've never said it. I never will. All I'm saying is that 2016 most assuredly wasn't election fraud, and we have 32 million reasons why that statement is true. I just wish we had one on 2020. Will the real Slim Shady please melt down? The entire climate change movement has been absolutely shady from its beginnings. Data has been hidden, truth has been sacrificed to politics, and hypocrisy and personal interests among its leaders have produced a giant credibility deficit. The more we learn, the worse the alarmists look. Take, for instance, a new report that shows greenhouse gas emissions are not an American or Western problem. They are primarily a Chinese problem. A study from Sun Yat-sen University in China found that more than half of the world's urban greenhouse gas emissions are generated in only 25 big cities, and 23 of them are located in China. In other words, if the entire developed world cut its greenhouse gas emissions as activists, politicians, journalists, and celebrities have demanded, nothing would change regarding the climate. This assumes human carbon dioxide emissions are responsible in the first place for warming the planet, which is speculation that's yet to be proven. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm just saying that is the bone of contention on both sides. Not that there is global warming. Is it man-made or is it inevitable and is it going to happen anyway? 
The paper's findings remind us of the great plastic scare that inspired lawmakers to outlaw single-use plastic bags, plastic straws, plastic utensils, and other modern products in a mass pretense of doing something, when in reality, they're doing nothing but inconveniencing people, maybe saving a small sea turtle from getting a plastic straw shoved up its nose. The data shows 90% of ocean plastic pours into the sea from the top 10 rivers with the highest loads of plastic debris, according to the Helmholtz Center of Environmental Research in Germany. I did a show on this a couple months ago. None are in the U.S., which contributes only about 1% of all plastic debris found at sea. Eight of them, though, are in Asia, while two are in Africa. While it provides useful information, the Sun Yet Sen study isn't a shocking revelation. We've known for at least a decade that while agitators campaign to force developed economies to eliminate fossil fuel use, China and India have been busy building hundreds of coal plants in an effort to spread the first world prosperity that the climate alarmists have enjoyed their entire lives. Late last year, the Canadian Energy Center, affiliated with the Alberta government, reported that as of 2020, 350 cold fire power plants were under construction worldwide. Seven were in South Korea, another 13 in Japan. But China and India were building 184 and 52 plants, respectively. China, which has not lived up to its emissions pledges, even as the U.S. has decreased its GHG emissions, is also building and financing hundreds of other coal-fired power plants in countries such as Turkey, Vietnam, Indonesia, Philippines, Egypt, and Bangladesh. A few months after the Canadian report, Yale Environment 360 noted that despite pledges to cut emissions, China, responsible for 28% of GHG emissions, though it makes up less than 19% of the world's population, has been on a coal spree. Yet the U.S. and the developed nations of the West, which have zero cities listed among the top 25 greenhouse gas emitters, New York City is 26, and only eight in the top 50 are the focus of climate activists. Environmental zealots, more than a few of them, elected and appointed officials, are constantly bullying Washington over international emissions agreements that will hurt the U.S. economy, telling Americans they have to live more primitively because the wreck of the planet, a little every time they consume conventional energy and that they must take sacrifices for the health of the guy, or they have to go ahead and not fly a plane or go ahead and have a steak because cow farts are ruining the world. The hectoring never ends. The exaggeration never stops. The lies flow freely. That China is rarely a target of the fanatics tell us a lot, not just from LeBron James and his shitty movie, so glad that bailed yet again. The cl- I'm sure he's hiding in the locker room waiting for his movie to actually turn some sort of a profit. The climate scare is more about pulling down capitalism and weakening the U.S. and other developed nations cranking out international transfers of wealth and advancing socialism than it is about saving the world. It's no coincidence that the countries that are constantly mugged by the alarmists are those whose economic systems are the furthest removed from socialism on the political spectrum. Isn't that interesting? There's no reason for them to denounce China because it's already laboring under the system. They want to inflict on the world. It's uh, not so little secret among the environmental and ex- environmentalist extremists that's dirtier than Beijing's polluted skies. There's a lot of money in climate change. A lot of people have invested their entire future and political party on it. Al Gore has made millions upon millions. The thing is, is when money is concerned, and I said it the other night, when you look at Lenin's teachings, is that you continue to tell a lie and then it becomes true. I don't know anything 
specific about climate change. I can't tell you what the carbon emissions are from the last hundred years. I can't do any of that. What I can tell you is that there is money in politics and there's also money in social justice movements. Black Lives Matter makes a grip of money. The whole white fragility book system has been sold to more public schools than probably Band-Aids and 2% milk. The point is, is when you want to find out somebody's motives, look at the money trail. Look at where it comes. Look at where the buck stops. And usually it's fat cat DNC donors and a lot of liberals. It's not that Republicans don't make money. They make money on other things like coal and oil and uh, and guns. But what they don't do is sell people out for a percentage. And that's truly what we're doing. We're selling America out to China and to other countries at the highest bidder. Why? Because we believe in populism. We believe in a new world order all of a sudden. And when that American first trope was put down, it hurt too many people on Twitter and their hurt feelings made them go to the ballots and vote for Joe Biden, who is extremely soft on communism and has no idea what to do about Russia. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for stopping by. Please remember, contact the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. They are there for our brothers and sisters in arms. Anxiety, depression, PTS, TBI, all real. And 22 veterans a day are committing suicide. We are losing a generation of war fighters, and they need your help. Please reach out to a veteran. Provide this number to them. If you do, I promise you they will appreciate it. Having a conversation about PTS is extremely important, and it starts with a phone call. If you can't make that call, reach out to me. Maybe I can help. Reach out to that veteran with you, and we can make it together. And if that doesn't work, they can go to DonutUnfriendMe.com, click on the VCL link, and be connected to a Skype operator. Remember, if you're a civilian, it's okay. You can call that number. They will never turn you away. Folks, do me a favor. Please like, share, and subscribe. I hope you have a wonderful evening. Remember, vote for Mr. Eli Crane. Let's have a Republican back in the seat in Arizona and ensure that in 2022 we show up and we have that red wave that we didn't necessarily get in 2020. Let's not go ahead and fall back on old memories. Just let's make new ones in 2022. Have a great night. I will see you back on Monday. I am off for the weekend. I am out.